Today on Walk in Truth, we have a very special guest speaker, my good friend, Pastor John Nipper. And he's going to talk to us about the brevity of life. Life is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. This is a very personal sermon. It's a time when we really need to key in on how short life is on the earth and how it should determine our priorities and what we focus on, and especially accomplishing God's will. We'll learn more about that today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. The point I want to prove here is is life is like a vapor. It's here and it's gone in a heartbeat. When I think of today or tomorrow connected with a vapor and the plans changed... I think of January 19th, 1963. Picture this, if you will. And you can do this in your own mind with your own, with your own situations. January 19th, this was a Saturday, 1963. Day like any other day. It was a today. It was a today like any other day. We played and did different things. Mom and dad were home Saturday. Watched TV played darts, played pool, just had a good day, stayed up late, putting together a puzzle, had a good time, went to bed about midnight, 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, next door, playing with the neighbor kids, ambulance rolls up to the house, right behind them is aunt and uncle, roll up behind the house, I roll up behind the ambulance. I go in the house, and I decide I better get home. So I go back to the house, and they won't let me in the house. They said, don't go in the house. After a little bit of time, they come out, and they said, your dad is dead. Now, I don't say this for you to feel sorry for me. We all have had situations in life where things are but a vapor, and the hard things. This is the hard, transparency things of life. For tomorrow is going to be a Sunday, this particular day, January 20th. It was going to be a day of rest again. The plans were, it was going to be baseball in the street. Remember when you could play baseball in the street? We played wiffle ball and we played softball. It was going to be a day just like any other day, but in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, things have changed. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you are even probably living it in the moment. But do not be despaired. Do not be downhearted, because God is still on the throne. Forever, forever, at the age of 10, this will be written on the tablets of my heart and imprinted on my brain. But what this really does is it tells me and reminds me, because sometimes I am very shallow, sometimes I forget, but it tells me how valuable, how fragile, and how precious life is. So it gives me a new taste 
a new fervency for life itself. Sometimes it takes those things to understand. Now the interesting part is when I said, when I had told you at some point nobody's going to know who you are. Let me clarify that just for a second. Yes, that is a picture of my dad. Yes, that is the only picture I have. And yes, I am the only living person that I know of that, had, that knows him or had a relationship with him. So the idea is that when I die, when I go to be with the Lord, he will be no longer ever remembered on this earth. Somebody better say amen. Because it's true. And that's just the harsh reality of life. So nobody knows what tomorrow is really going to bring. In James 4.15 it says, Instead you ought to say if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. So when you, when you look on the surface of verse 13, I'm going to do these things, I'm going to plan these things, you'll look at that and you'll go, wow, that's, that's, what's wrong with that? Isn't that the American dream? Isn't that what we should be doing? Isn't that, you know, what we're supposed to do? But as a believer, as a Christian, as somebody that calls Jesus my personal Lord and Savior, there's something really wrong with it. And the part that's really wrong is the sin of omission. Whoops, you can go back to the other. It's the sin of omission. Omission, again, is omitting something. In this case, it's omitting God out of the equation. And when you start omitting God out of the equation, then pride, arrogance, and all these other things start flooding in. And we start believing our own press. It's more about, here in this set, it's more about what's not said than what is said. And what is not said is, where's the Lord in all this? There's a bumper sticker out there that says, God is my co-pilot. You guys remember that one? I was thinking, uh, I want God to be my pilot because I'm a lousy co-pilot. Or or I want God to be my pilot because I'm a lousy pilot. I want him to direct my path. I... I just want to, I want to be on the coattails. I want to be following him. I want to be moving forward with hanging on to every, with him with every ounce of strength and power I've got. So we ought to say, if the Lord wills, I will go here or I will go there. One of the things I like to say is that I hold my plans very loosely because I never know which way God is going to turn them and shape them and mold them. Many years ago, I went to another church here in Corona. Uh, It was a Calvary in Corona. (laughs) Do you get it? I'm not going to tell you the name. (laughs) Anyway, I went to another Calvary in Corona. And uh, the worship pastor there, and I'm not going to tell you his name was Dave, but (laughs) Pastor Dave, I'm not going to tell you that either, but Love the man. Uh, he was very gracious and allowed me to be a part of the choir. 
And one of the thing that one of the things or many things that he taught and told me along the way was, and I know that most of you have heard me say this before, is blessed are the flexible for they will not be broken. And that is so apropos for this message. And what do I mean by that when about the choir is that yeah, Pastor Dave was the head of the choir, but he always watched the senior pastor because the senior pastor had ultimate control. He had the ultimate call over the service. And as we know here, sometimes there's one or two or three or four extra verses along the way or sometimes an extra chorus or an extra song. And, and so sometimes you just have to be flexible. You have to be willing to go with the flow and and just accept what's going on, whatever God is directing. The phrase, we will live. It's interesting to me because it wasn't until I let go and let God that I really start to live. Again, I'm just using myself as an example. Fill in the blank with your name and history and, and let that minister to you. Let that speak to your heart. It was for 40 years that I ran my own show. 40 years. Some were good, some were bad. In fact, in fact, uh, this is kind of funny. There's a, there was a couple of songs that uh, really permeated the area that I grew up, and you'll have to, and some of you will remember. But one was recorded in 1968, and it was by Sammy Davis Jr. It says, I Gotta Be Me. You remember that? I gotta be me. Okay. <coughs> whether I'm right or wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I gotta be me, I gotta be me. Who else can I be but what I am? I think he quoted Popeye. <laughs> and there was another song in 1969 written by Paul Anka, but it was sung by old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra. My way. I did it my way. Oh. And now the end is near, so I face the final curtain. My friend... I'll say it clear and state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. And that's what we did, and we did it our way. And my our way, or my mar, our, <laughs> my our way, or my my way, got me in jail. Best thing that ever happened to me was being thrown in jail. Gave my life to the Lord, surrendered. I'm not perfect, not even close, but I'm better than I'll ever be or ever would be before without Christ. Christ is the key factor in everything that we say and everything that we do. Every place that we go, every place that we think we should go, we need to know if Christ is in the middle. Is there any golf fans here? Let me, let me explain something to you before I read this. I was playing golf uh, the other day, and I'm, I was trying to think of some kind of a story to tell. It's what we do, tell stories so, sometimes, <clears throat> that are relative to the message. 
And I'm on the golf course, and I get this text from a friend of mine, and it's this story. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you a little bit about a college that we have going. It's called the Truth Academy. It meets at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, and it's an apologetic school with also an emphasis on theology. Do you want to grow in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to share your faith in the public square? Well, this school will help you. And here's Joe Kelly, the director of the Truth Academy, to tell you more. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Boy, has there ever been a time where the need has been greater for God's people to know what they believe and why they believe it? Well, the Truth Academy is here to help the believer contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So I'd encourage our listeners, Pastor Michael, to go online to thetruthacademy.com. Take a look, see what we have to offer. Our classes are available either in person if you live in Southern California, or if you want to take a class online, that's available too. You can learn from the comfort of your own home. Once again, that's thetruthacademy.com. We look forward to having you as a student in the near future. Thanks, Joe. That's exciting news. Thetruthacademy.com to give reasons for faith, reasons for hope in our culture. Man, it's so desperately needed. Check it out today, thetruthacademy.com. I did it my way. And that's what we did, and we did it our way. And my our way, or my mar, our, <laughs> my our way, or my my way, got me in jail. Best thing that ever happened to me was being thrown in jail. Gave my life to the Lord, surrendered. I'm not perfect, not even close, but I'm better than I'll ever be or ever would be before without Christ. Christ is the key factor in everything that we say and everything that we do. Every place that we go, every place that we think we should go, we need to know if Christ is in the middle. Is there any golf fans here? Let me, let me explain something to you before I read this. I was playing golf uh, the other day, and I'm, I was trying to think of some kind of a story to tell. What we do, tell stories sometimes, <clears throat> that are relative to the message. And I'm on the golf course, and I get this text from a friend of mine, and it's this story. And the story is, who's your caddy? And I'm on the golf course. Now, for those of you who don't know, a caddy is somebody that carries the golf clubs for the golfer. But the caddy is really more than that. In the professional realm of golf, the caddy, to some degree, is sometimes even better than the golfer themselves. They may be retired or disabled or whatever the case might be, but they actually study the course before they play. They have, if you ever watch golf, you'll see the caddy and the golfer will take out notepads, and they're taking notes on every, just about every inch of every hole that they play. So the caddy's role is very, very crucial. You'll, you'll hear them talking amongst themselves and sometimes debating, you know, should I use a six iron or a five iron or, you know, whatever the case might be. And, they're, and so they're really talking and working out. So remember that in, in light of this little story I want to tell you. In Isaiah 30, 21, out of the New Living Translation, it says, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will sway, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. 
And so the God, God would be here, and he's telling us which way to go. Are we listening? So this gentleman, Mr. Tommy Bolt, he was the winner of the 1958. Yeah, there was a 1958. Wow. Okay, U.S. Open. He tells a story of an incident he had with a caddy during one of his tournaments. This was before professional golfers had their own caddies as they do today. So Mr. Bolt arrived at the golf course for the tournament and was approached by this youngster. Uh, Mr. Bolt, do you need a caddy, sir? And the lad seemed a little unseasoned, so Mr. Bolt replied, I'll let you know, kid. And then he went to the caddy master and asked about the youngster. He said, he's a real good caddy, the man said. He knows the course, he knows the greens, and he knows the rules of the game. But he talks a lot. So Mr. Bolt went back to the youngster and said, you can caddy for me on one condition. Don't say a word. Ring a bell. God tells us stuff and we don't, listen. we don't respond. We don't. But the kid accepted and carried the bag for the open champion. The first round went well. The second and the third. And then Mr. Bolt was in contention for the fourth round when an errant tee shot landed him in the rough. The ball was sitting down in a bad patch of turf with a risky shot to the green guarded by water on the right. So Mr. Bold asked the kid, you think a five iron will do the trick? The kid shook his head no, but he never said a word. What do you want me to hit, a six iron? And again, the kid shook his head no, did not speak. So Mr. Bold grabbed a six iron and lashed at the ball out of the rough and the rough land and the ball landed on the green. And it rolled to about three feet from the hole for a birdie. As they walked to the green, Mr. Bolt said, aren't you going to say anything now after seeing a shot like that? Patting himself on the back. The kid replied, Mr. Bolt, that wasn't your ball. (laughs) Wow. Many of us go through life like that. We never let the caddy speak. In this place, we never let our daddy speak. We have a tendency to think that we know better. And he's the Holy Spirit. If we would only listen to him, engage in conversation with him, he would save us, if you will, many penalty strokes. Verse 16 and 17. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Verse 17. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do, and does not do it to him, it is sin. See, it was arrogant bragging about the anticipated business accomplishments that was coming out. And they knew boasting was wrong, but they omitted God from the situation. They thought themselves more highly than they ought to, and they began boasting and bragging, bagging, bragging about those accomplishments. That's translated three times. <laughs> Just wondering... Are we guilty of that as well? Things are moving and shaking and they're going well. Everything's all good on the Western Front. And we take God out of the equation. We want to take control like the pilot co-pilot. We want to take control of the situation. We start believing our own press and success. And the next thing you know, we have forgotten where all of our blessings have come from. My friends, it's so easy to do. We say that we won't do that. 
But I think that we all need to be on guard. And I'm speaking to myself, man, when things come up. I've got to remember that God's in control of all these situations. God has put us each in a role and in a specific spot for such a time as this. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, part of being a living sacrifice is surrender. And surrender means to give up. And in the case that we're talking about, it's giving up control of our own life, our self-indulgence, our worldly indulgence, and understanding that God has control all of all things. Verse 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen, the God and creator who made the heavens and the earth, who knows you intimately from beginning to end, wants to direct your path. Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will direct our path or make it smooth. 2 Corinthians 6, 2, what? says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that we change. Today is the day that we let go and we let God. Are you committed to the sin of omission? Are you leaving God out of your plans? My suggestion would be to give it up today. For today is the day that we can change. See, you're accountable for what you know. Maybe you're saying, I already knew this. But maybe you never understood this, and now you do. I don't know. When we leave God out of our lives, we invite pride, we invite arrogance. And one other thing that you may not understand is we invite the discipline of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily want the discipline of the Lord. I'm going to close with this following statement. I just wrote this this morning because I was thinking about it, and I go, I don't want to leave you guys on a bummer. This, I don't know how you took it, but putting this together was pretty heart-wrenching in that I had to relive a lot of things, and I had to be really transparent. And if you're reliving those things, and you're understanding, and you're, and you're understanding, you know, the... the um, frailties of life now and how fragile you are and how fragile we are collectively as, as a body of Christ. I don't want you to go away feeling downhearted or beat up to the point where, you know, there's despair. There is no despair in Christ. Amen? Listen, I don't, I just wrote this this morning and I'm just going to read it to you. I don't want you to leave feeling like there are not good days or tomorrows. Because there is and will be to come. I just put down three quick things about myself. Again, please fill your own stuff in. But just for sake of demonstration, number one, the day I met my wife was a good day. And on the, mar- on the tomorrow we got married was even better. 
Number two, the day I ran into Pastor Michael was a good day. And the tomorrow of standing here before you today is even better. And the most important out of all three is the day I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior was a good day. And tomorrow, when I see him face to face, it will be even better. So don't be discouraged. All of today's good or bad has made us the better tomorrows today. In Jesus' name. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you a little bit about a college that we have going. It's called the Truth Academy. It meets at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, and it's an apologetic school with also an emphasis on theology. Do you want to grow in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to share your faith in the public square? Well, this school will help you. And here's Joe Kelly, the director of the Truth Academy, to tell you more. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Boy, has there ever been a time where the need has been greater for God's people to know what they believe and why they believe it? Well, the Truth Academy is here to help the believer contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So I'd encourage our listeners, Pastor Michael, to go online to thetruthacademy.com. Take a look, see what we have to offer. Our classes are available either in person if you live in Southern California, or if you want to take a class online, that's available too. You can learn from the comfort of your own home. Once again, that's thetruthacademy.com. We look forward to having you as a student in the near future. Thanks, Joe. That's exciting news. Thetruthacademy.com to give reasons for faith, reasons for hope in our culture. Man, it's so desperately needed. Check it out today, thetruthacademy.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.